Progressive firebrand Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez won her primary election in a landslide, proving the Democratic Party has lost control. They are now under the control of the progressive far left and dare I say the outrage mobs, the people that are roaming the streets, destroying statues and rioting throughout various cities in this country are now in control of the Democratic Party. And I know it sounds a bit hyperbolic to say, but it's true. All you need to do is look at Ocasio-Cortez's Twitter feed and you can see that while her opinions are mostly surface level and generic, it's entirely in support of those who are tearing down statues. But the statues being torn down aren't just Confederates, they're anybody. Ulysses S. Grant, and uh, abolitionist statues are being torn down. AOC represents this mob to our political, to our federal government. And she's won. And it's not just her. Elliot Engel, who was propped up by the Democratic establishment, also lost to a progressive. The progressives are winning. Now, what does this mean for the future? I think it shows that there's a conflict looming, to say the least. But it also shows, and I believe it's fair to say, the progressives are winning across the board. It may be that the conservatives really do just lose everything. Maybe there will be no great second civil war, whatever you want to call it, because the Republicans just can't muster a defense. They weren't able to stop AOC. Michelle Crusoe Cabrera, the centrist Democrat who was propped up by Wall Street, Republicans and Democrat elites alike, could not stop AOC. This could show us that there is a massive progressive push in this country. And the reason why no one is standing up to these people tearing down statues and yes, beating the crap out of a Democratic state senator in Wisconsin is because they like it. Maybe that's the real reason why it seems like no one is standing up. You know, right now, there's a video of me giving this rant about you needing to stand up to defend your job, to defend your culture, your, your constitution, and people won't do it. How about a scarier alternative? Nobody wants to do it because people like AOC, because she will win. Now, I don't think that's entirely fair. It's important to point out that New York 14 was a closed primary. At least that's my understanding, meaning Republicans couldn't actually vote in it. And we may see something much, much more different in November. Perhaps what we're really seeing is the culture war. The reason she won AOC is because the Democrats are aligned with the culture, with the far left culture war. But it doesn't mean anything about regular Americans who couldn't vote if they weren't registered Democrats. Perhaps come November, Donald Trump wins in a landslide because consider this. We were told by the media, not just Fox News, we were told by mainstream media as well, that people really don't like Ocasio-Cortez. It was Axios, for instance, that wrote that approval for AOC is in the gutter, yet she still won. Now, what does that mean for the polls and Donald Trump? This could suggest that while the media keeps telling us over and over again, everybody hates Donald Trump, he still wins. The New York Times put out a, put out a, a, a story arguing in defense, an article arguing defense of their polling methods and why it's correct that Joe Biden is a 14 point lead over Trump. And maybe they still just don't consider the effect of the culture war. And that's why the Democratic Party cannot win. So AOC represents something different, populists. And maybe her victory actually proves Joe Biden can't win either. Maybe it doesn't matter if they're left or right, so long as they are not the elitists like Joe Biden. I suppose we'll see. But let's read these stories. And I want to show you what's going on. What I really fear in all this 
is that at the very least, whether or not you want to talk about Trump winning, the mob has taken over the Democratic Party. Who will stop them if the Democrats are just in alignment with the with the chaos and the destruction with Andrew Cuomo praising the destruction of abolitionist statues? Why? Because he's ignorant. I'm sure he thinks they're Confederate statues. No, they're tearing down everything. They want to tear down Lincoln now. No, I'm not kidding either. Let's read the story. Before we get started, however, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give. There is a P.O. box if you would like to send some things. But the best thing you can do is just share this video because I am competing with the mainstream media and I am but a humble independent YouTuber. I am not some massive corporate entity. I'm not even like one of these smaller media entities that actually have a brand. I'm just me. So if you like what I do, sharing really helps. If you just want to watch, then click the like button, subscribe, notification bell. Let's read the story. AOC beats Democratic challenger in her New York primary and hits out at critics who said her previous election was an accident or a fluke. They say the 30-year-old progressive firebrand, better known as AOC, ran far ahead of former CNBC television anchor Michelle Crusoe Cabrera in New York's 14th district. Crusoe Cabrera had campaigned as a more moderate replacement to the Democratic socialist lawmaker. She tweeted, when I won in 2018, many dismissed our victory as a fluke. Our win was treated as an aberration or because my opponent didn't try. So from the start, tonight's race was important to me. Tonight, we are proving that the people's movement in New York isn't an accident. It's a mandate. I don't agree. I really, really don't. I still believe you can argue AOC's victory was a fluke. Now, I know the progressives are going to be like Tim's just biased. Perhaps that's the reason why. But listen, let me give you a logical reason as to why I think so. She won with around 16 or 17,000 primary votes in 2018. She was propped up by a bunch of progressive channels. And that's really not that many people to win in a primary. It's a technique called primarying. You have 706,000 people in this district and you got a fraction, tiny fraction of the actual voting body. So not a whole lot of people. Today, she was able to, uh, 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 I mean, today as in historically today, but yesterday she was able to muster 27,000, I believe, I believe it's 27,103 votes, 103 giving her 72.6% of the uh, total votes. This is a district of 706,000 people. Take a look, 706,440. This is still extreme minority representation. She's now going to win with, I believe, like 150,000 or so votes in the general. That's how many people end up voting just because they always vote Democrats at D plus 29 district. Yes, I'm sorry. It was a fluke and it's still a fluke, but it doesn't matter. That's the wrong argument. Right now, I believe I believe AOC, AOC won right now because she's a celebrity with 7.4 million followers. But think about it with 7.4 million followers as the most famous Democrat, you could only get a tiny fraction of your of, of your district. Now, to be fair, the entire district isn't registered Democrat. Keep that in mind, which means I believe the actual number is in the hundreds of thousands. So it still is a relatively small amount of people. And this is a lot for whether or not the Democratic establishment could muster any of this. But she's a celebrity, man. Take that into consideration. I believe it was a fluke. It was because a bunch of progressives lost. And we've seen it over and over again. Moderates win. Even Vox.com admitted it was moderates who won. Donald Trump won, ran as a moderate and he won. That's from Matthew Iglesias of the left wing Vox.com. Today, with celebrity power and a national coalition, yes, AOC still won. 
But it doesn't matter if it's a fluke. Throw it all out the window. I don't care if it's a fluke or not. She won. She found a way in. It worked. And she used her her celebrity status to win. I think this, in a lot of ways, is good news for Trump because she's a bombastic celebrity candidate who got very little done. Apparently, the media says everybody hates her and she still won. Compare that to Trump. The media says he is a bombastic celebrity personality who got very little done and everyone hates him. I think if we're dealing with culture war issues here, Trump is predicted to win. But Trump is much more important. So maybe not. You could also argue that it's a leftward lurch, that Trump will lose because people would rather have a progressive given the opportunity. But we'll see. I'm curious what will happen in the general election. Will moderate Democrat types, people who aren't registered, turn on AOC? Will we see 160,000 for the Republican candidate? I'm not entirely convinced, but this is a primary and there is too much, too much we don't understand. But let me just put it very, very bluntly. Congratulations to AOC and the progressive left. You've done it. You've won. No, there's look, we can make every argument we want. We can argue that there's this reason and that reason why Trump is, is going to win. There's this reason. It doesn't matter. The data right now shows AOC did it. The progressives are rising and the Democratic establishment could not stop them. There you get. There you go. The Democratic establishment is now under the boot of the mob and people like AOC and they're winning. You don't want to, You don't want to accept it. I know people don't want to accept it. But look at this. Wall Street was dumping money into Michelle Cruz Cabrera. They could not stop the mob. Governor Andrew Cuomo, he's figured out exactly where his, where, where, you know, which side, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep the analogy simple. He's decided where to, 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 you know, to place his chips. Cuomo and de Blasio support Natural History Museum removal of Roosevelt statue. These are the people who would want to destroy our history and they are cheering for it because AOC says so bend the knee. If you don't, you're out. And this is what we can expect. Over at the Washington Times, Andrew Cuomo defends destruction of U.S. monuments. It's a healthy expression. You see what's happening? Statues are being torn down. A Washington, a Wisconsin, sorry, not a Wisconsin state senator was attacked by protesters in Madison. He was brutally beaten and apparently locked in his office, kicked in the head, left with a black eye because you're done. The mob owns you now. Get on your knees, Cuomo, and beg. And they're doing it. De Blasio and Cuomo are giving in to all of the demands of these people. This is your Democratic Party. The establishment couldn't hold them back. Too many Americans just don't care. Or maybe the reality is many Americans agree with the mob. They want to see it. Maybe these people who vote Democrat, they like seeing their politicians get beaten up for not doing their job properly. Now, my personal bias says I don't believe it. I believe the mob on the left is growing and they're powerful. But I think what we're seeing is a fact that Demo- the Democratic Party is disaffected. People like me, for instance, left a long time ago. I don't think they care. But when it comes to the general election, things may change. The outrage, the riots may shock and scare people. And you may see that even though AOC won in a landslide, Man, she thinks that because she's in a D plus 30 district, she can't lose. What do we see in the UK on December 13th? Areas that hadn't voted conservative in nearly 100 years flipped. So you would be, I'll say this to the progressives again, congratulations on winning. You've done it. 
right? There's no excuse. You can make all the excuses in the book. But I will tell you, I will, I will tell you right now, if you think you've still secured it in these uncertain times, you would be mistaken. Do not let hubris bring you down. And that means even though we're seeing these progressive victories, people like Elliot Engel being defeated by a progressive endorsed by AOC, this doesn't mean anything. The front runner in one of these districts was a guy named Ruben Diaz, who was a, uh, he, he was he was polled to win. He did not win. Someone else did. But this guy's a cowboy hat wearing pro Trump Democrat. What happens then if this guy can muster that much support? He loses a primary. Why? Because Democratic activists, the most active base of the Democratic Party, are the ones who vote in the primaries. What does that mean for everybody else who really liked the guy in the general election? Perhaps regular people aren't paying attention. Perhaps they just go and vote Democrat, or perhaps many of them really just like the Dem- like, like the progressive push. But maybe all of the Republicans who do live in these districts, even though they're in, they're in a serious minority, only around 20%, if they all came out and voted, they would win. That's the crazy thing. Believe it or not, while it may seem like shooting for the, for the, for the moon, you know, extremely uh, unlikely, a Republican could still beat Ocasio-Cortez. I really do think so. What you got to understand is a lot of these older voters are conservative, but they're not the activist base. Maybe when it comes time to vote, they don't know or care about the primaries. Maybe many of these people are not, they're not activists. But let me point this out. If AOC was able to muster a strong activist outpouring to vote for her, what does that say about the Republican activists? What does that, what does that, what does that say about Republican activation? Is it possible because of the riots, Republicans now say, I am going out and voting. And if they all did in AOC's district, she would lose, even though it's D plus 29. That would be incredible. Now, I find it I find it absolutely fascinating that they just so they just updated updated right now, 27,460 votes. It's it's absolutely fascinating how little it takes. Let's talk about what this means for Trump and what this means for the future. Ilhan Omar tweeted, in 2016, when I ran against a 44-year incumbent, people told me saying Black Lives Matter was wrong messaging and I would lose. Today, not only did I win that race, uh, but, I, but everyone is falling over. Today, not only did I win that race, but everyone is falling over themselves to say Black Lives Matter. We speak to our values, not their messaging. That's right. Statues are being ripped apart. Abolitionist statues in Wisconsin. Democrats being beaten to a pulp. I'm not not exaggerating. A Democratic politician was beaten to a pulp. And she's saying that's what people want. Perhaps they do. Then I would tell you this, America, if you find yourself as a moderate, slightly left-leaning Democrat who wants peace, wants a better future for your kids, you've lost. To all the people saying, I can't speak up. I've got to feed my kids. You've already lost your children's future. I mean, for real, think about it. If they can tear down statues of Ulysses S. Grant, you know they're not doing it because of some kind of, you know, anger at the Confederacy. They're doing it to strip you of your history and your culture because the next move they make is to suspend civil rights. I'm not exaggerating. In California, the Democrats voted to repeal the civil rights provision from their constitution. It said the state shall not discriminate on the basis of race, sex, color, ethnicity, national origin in public housing, employment, and um, I forgot, uh, and contracting. Now, who knows how far that goes, but they voted so far on it. Next, it goes to the Senate. If California is a few years ahead of us, then 
Consider the future your children will have. You know, I think it's going to be a bad one. And I think if you refuse to stand up, it won't matter how much money you have to buy your kids food because your kids won't have a future anyway. AOC tweeted, people really need to ask themselves why their communities chose to erect statues to slaveholders instead of abolitionists. It actually is a really good question. But if you look at AOC's Twitter history, she does these surface level tweets that kind of support the mob without being overt about it. Why? Well, because people don't like mob violence. So she can press the, 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 the progressive issues while still, set, you know, still being somewhat um, politically correct in the sense that she's not supporting overt violence. But the interesting thing about this is that while she does bring up a good point, why did they do it? Why? It doesn't matter because they're tearing down the abolitionists in Wisconsin. Again, I'm not exaggerating. When protests in Madison turned violent, they actually tore down a statue to a colonel who was an anti-slavery activist who, def- who, who, who was a militiaman targeting slave catchers. So whether or not the American people support it isn't so much the point. I think obviously most Americans are probably opposed to it, but enough support it. That's the issue. Whether or not you think AOC's victory was a fluke isn't the point. The fact is she won. She has the power. She has the reins. And the Democrats are going to bend the knee to her. Hundreds of National Guard troops mobilized to protect D.C. monuments amid protests. Trump is the president of the United States. And what has he been able to do? He's been able to protect his one little federal district. Wow. The Democratic uh, governors are allowing this to happen. They're getting the Democrat. The Democrat literally got beaten up. And what has Trump been able to do about it? Nothing. What have the Republicans said about it? Well, Tom Cotton spoke out. Other than that, nothing. Why? Do the, do the Republicans seem to think that if they stand back and let the fires wait, you know, burn, then uh, people will be like, oh, no, you know, everything's going really, really bad. I'm scared. I must vote Republican. Or will people say they have burned my city to the ground and Trump did nothing? I have no idea. It could go either way. You could argue that the populists win, in which case the establishment Democrats have lost control and Trump will win because the people will choose a populist over the elitist. You could argue that AOC proves the leftward lurch, in which case Trump will never muster the support to win. And it may be that Joe Biden's lead is actually substantially uh, better than Trump's and it's real. NYT upshot, Siena College poll, 50% in favor of Biden, 36 per Trump, 36 for Trump. There's another poll, I believe it was by the New York Times showing that support for Black Lives Matter is up something like 28 points. Maybe Ilhan Omar was right. Maybe you've all already lost. Maybe it's defeatist to say so. But look, I think it's disgusting they would tear down our statues, destroy our history, rip apart the Constitution, violate free speech, abolish civil rights. That's just me. And you know, I've thought about it for a long time. Yeah, maybe it's true. You know, Trump lost the popular vote. He did. People liked Hillary Clinton. Maybe they love the idea of suspending free speech. I mean, the polls show that people like Black Lives Matter as they as they romp about tearing down statues and burning buildings to the ground and shooting at each other. Maybe that's what the people want. And you will find if that's the case, then you're uh, it's, it's almost like that book. I am legend. That's you. At one point, maybe you did represent the majority, but times changed. And the progressive woke mob started to advance. Younger people, uh, even Gen Z, many of them are woke progressives. And maybe they've risen up 
and they've mocked and belittled you and they've abandoned your ideals. Maybe they no longer care about free speech. Maybe they just want to be told what to do by the the goose stepping communists. It's possible. You have to accept that as a reality. I'm not saying you have to accept you have to accept it in the sense that give up all hope. I'm saying maybe it's true. These people have already won Donald Trump's 36 to 50 percent. Some people would say you're wrong, Tim. The polls were wrong in 2016, and I'm seeing a lot of progressives say it. I kid you not, progressives tweeting, they told us the same thing, and I don't buy it. But the New York Times talks about why their polls are accurate and why they were still accurate in 2016. They talk, uh, and, and you, you got to consider, when the New York Times said Hillary Clinton had like an 87% chance to win, they weren't saying the polls favored her that much. They were saying that Trump was down three percentage points in their poll. Three percentage points. That's what they're saying in this article. June 23rd, 2020, Donald Trump was trailing Hillary by three points. And thus they concluded that based on all these different districts, Trump would not be able to win. It was extremely unlikely. But with that margin of error, Trump was able to win. They didn't take into consideration certain areas, but they have since updated their polling. And it now and they're now suggesting we've done better. And even though we got, you know, our, our odds favored Hillary, Trump still won. It doesn't mean we were wrong. Consider this. If Trump was trailing by three points, and I believe that's exactly what they say, three points nationwide. And it's not just them. Check it out. They say other high quality polls also performed solidly. Most national polls, for instance, fared very well, including the final New York Times CBS News survey that had Hillary Clinton ahead by three points nationwide, less than a percentage point from her final popular vote margin. When we analyzed our data after the election, we assessed that we were right for the right reasons, like showing Mr. Trump with a wide lead among white working class voters and that there were opportunities to refine our approach. We reached a different conclusion than you might expect. If we could go back, we would have wanted more of our own polling in 2016, not less. In 2018, we conducted a greater number of political surveys. We had an average error of around three points over nearly 50 polls of House races over the final three weeks, it, with virtually no bias towards either party. Over the final 10 days, the average error was just over two points. Out of more than 400 pollsters, the Times Siena poll is one of six to earn an A plus rating from 538. Consider this. Donald Trump is down more than he was against Hillary in so many polls that there's no way he could actually win. This may be the case. And maybe you should also realize with cultural institutions bending over backwards to Black Lives Matter, maybe it's over. The fight is over before it started. Perhaps that means there won't be a civil war. Perhaps that means that there is a, a tiny, tiny fraction of individuals who truly do believe in free speech and have any idea what's really going on. Or it's all wrong again. It could all be wrong. I honestly don't know. For a while, I was uh, convinced Trump would landslide, but so was everybody else. I think it's really funny when these activists like to take the fact that I produce four hours of commentary every single day. You can find tons of videos for any reasons talking about certain issues in one way or another. And then they say, this proves Tim's wrong. This, pro this proves Tim wrong. So I recently said I thought AOC was going to win yesterday, the day before, the month before. I said, I really do think AOC is going to win this one. But the framing was that she could lose. So I put up a video saying AOC is poised to lose. She could lose. Here's why. And there were good reasons to suggest it. Wall Street was dumping in money. We saw trends that moderates were winning. Like I mentioned, Matthew Iglesias said moderates win. You take those videos without watching them 
and then you, you, you drop them right next to AOC's victory. And sure, you can make your point. But the reality is there were good reasons to believe these things at the time. Times change, however. We're now looking at something dra- drastically different. I'd be willing to bet that the Democrats may have learned from some of their mistakes. I'd be willing to bet that the progressive youth are growing up and becoming more progressive. I'd be willing to bet that Joe Biden's hiding and being non-threatening is a huge advantage because people don't like Trump. I'd be willing to bet that support for Black Lives Matter really is up across the board. We can make every excuse that we want. We can say things like people are scared to speak up because they'll be canceled. Perhaps we can say things like people are scared to, to, uh, you know, tell the pollsters who they'll really vote for. I don't believe it, man. At this point, I think, you know, I, I thought Trump was going to landslide because of the riots, because of the fear, but not so much. I'm not convinced. I think AOC's victory shows that the, 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 the active members of the Democratic Party are clear in what they want. They want the lunacy, whatever it is, the statues being torn down. They love it. Regular people aren't getting active and aren't doing anything. So be it. And I don't think there's going to be enough Republicans to stand up to make a difference. That being said, I'm not saying to be defeatist. If you are a Democrat, if you're AOC, like I mentioned, congratulations, you've done it, you've won. If you're a conservative, it just means you better get every single person you know for, and, and every minute of the day, make every phone call possible. AOC took this election seriously. You know why? She was scared. I was right when I mentioned that yesterday. She looks worried. Even everybody's pointing this out that she did not take this for granted, that she was desperately trying to make sure she crushed this primary, and she did. Now, what happens if Trump supporters become complacent? What happens if Trump supporters aren't calling as many people as possible, volunteering, getting out, advocating? You will lose. And everything is showing you, you are on track to lose. Now, of course, I've been wrong about a lot. I didn't make, I was making content about it, but back in 2016, I was convinced Hillary was going to win and she didn't. I made a video about this in 2018. I thought Republicans would, would take the house. They didn't. And now I, I just, I'll tell you what, I have no idea. The data is suggesting that Trump is going to lose, that the progressives are continuing to dominate. The democratic establishment has fallen and is now under the control of the progressive mob. The, the critical race theory, woke insanity is, is, is taking over. They've taken over the corporations. They've taken over mainstream television and video games. And now the Democratic Party. So I'll tell you what, man, it just looks like defeat as far as I can tell. What will the election prove? I honestly don't know. People haven't been standing up. So maybe that's it. The viral rant I had the other, other day. I, I think it's funny in this context. Me saying you need to stand up for yourself. The silent majority must be silent no longer. All that stuff. Maybe the reality is it's just over. Maybe it's not the silent majority. Maybe you're the silent minority because none of you could muster the strength to actually stand up for what you believed in four years ago. And now regular people are on, 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 the, on, the, on the crazy train. I don't want to be defeatist. What I'm telling you should be lighting a fire under you. I'm not telling you to give up. I'm telling you that the fight ahead of you is the hardest fight you'll have faced in a long time, that Trump is not guaranteed the win to win. You can still win if you are a Republican. If you're a Democrat, you need to make sure you keep fighting as well. This is the point. As I mentioned with Ocasio-Cortez's district, if every single Republican in NY14 voted, she'd lose. She'd lose by huge numbers too. But what's going to get Republicans to actually vote? Maybe it's this. 
Maybe it's being told that you are being crushed will finally get people to realize they have no choice, but you have to get out and vote. Maybe you have no choice. You must volunteer. You must speak up now or forever hold your peace. Maybe there are people who really do believe that there was a time when America was great and that we can return to those times. I think it was a time when, although there were really bad things in this country, we were making progress, that reform was happening that was improving things. And now we're at a point where a violent mob is roaming through the streets, just destroying things and attacking politicians. So I seem to think now is not a great time and we are not headed in the right direction and we will not be headed for something great. Now, I, now, the time, now is the time, I think, to warn people that you are on track to lose. I'm not talking about Trump. I'm talking about our civil liberties, like in California. I'm talking about our constitutional rights. That's what scares me. I don't know what Biden will do if he gets elected, but I do know the left will be emboldened because they control the Democratic Party. This was the last great stand. This was the second most important election. Michelle Caruso Cabrera, the establishment Democratic candidate, the centrist, couldn't win. There was, no one, there was not enough people to stand up next to her and say, we'll defend this. We'll defend the idea of a regular American, of progress, of being moderate. Nope. Nope. AOC crushed it. She won. Michelle Crystal Cabrera couldn't even muster as many votes as Joe Crowley got in 2018. What does that say? The tides are changing. AOC is winning. And if you don't stand up for what you believe in, you will, your ideas will be gone with it. Trump can't stop these statues from being torn down. Neither, neither can the Democrats in Madison. So what comes next? I think it's obvious. We have this viral video of a Venezuelan woman saying they're, they're changing names of streets. They're staring, tearing down statues. They're banning movies. It's exactly what happened in Venezuela. So maybe we're already there. You better start getting active now. You better start making phone calls, volunteering, preaching, whatever it is you want to do, defending what you believe in, whatever it may be. Now, of course, this mostly is aimed at the Republicans who are on track to lose, for sure. But for me, it's not about Republican or Democrat. I've never been a big fan of Trump. For me, it's about civil rights and civil liberties and who would stand up for them. I guess we will see what happens as time goes on. As, as I always say, November is coming, is, is, is the, the election is soon, nearly just about four months away. Stick around. The next segment will be up at youtube.com slash Timcast News at 6 p.m. And I will see you all then. You know, I take one day off because my throat's kind of messed up and the whole world ignites. We got so much news the, the Bubba Smollett fake noose hoax. Did you see this one? The NASCAR driver apparently was a pull cord for a garage, but the dude thought it was a noose. Went nuts. Ocasio-Cortez won in a landslide, even though she only got 27,000 votes in a district of 705,000, which is kind of insane. And riots have continued to spread. We saw rioting in Madison, Wisconsin, I guess. Rioting taking place in D.C. now multiple nights in a row. Protesters tried to tear down a statue of Andrew Jackson in front of the White House. And let me just tell you, baby, man, it sure does feel like we are inches away from Civil War 2.0. And that's what I want to talk to you all about today. Just some uh, speculative conversation, but I want to show you what's happening in D.C. and explain where I think this may go. Now, as many of you uh, may have seen, and I think I mentioned this, protesters a couple days ago were trying to tear down Andrew Jackson in front of the White House. This, in my opinion, is one of the most bold and brazen attempts so far from the from the extremists, insurrectionists, as it were, to actually uh, destroy property. I mean, this is in front of the White House. Now, Donald Trump intervened, 
and said that he wants everybody charged with, I, th- I think it's the Veterans Memorial Act. And so he's going to enforce this around the country. You can't tear down statues. Some people have said that Trump is playing this smart. And I got to agree, at least a little bit. You see, with the Chaz and the shootings and the chaos, and, and I have mentioned this before, but the protests have not stopped. Okay, you, you might not be seeing them in the news because for the most part, people are just marching around, but they're escalating once again rioting in DC, for instance. These are not protesters. You're not a protester when you throw ropes over statues and try to pull them down. That's something else entirely. Call it a rioter. Call it a looter. At this point, I think these people are insurrectionists. They'll call themselves revolutionaries. It's all a matter of perspective. And there's the, the, the dangerous line, which the side you're on is determined by whether you think these people are fighting for a good future and resisting tyranny or trying to destroy, you know, an honorable system. That's how it always is with every civil war, with every revolution. Now, a lot of people have said they were trying to bait Trump. They wanted Trump to use the Insurrection Act, march the military in, and that what was going to happen with this, they would be able to say, look, Trump's the dictator. We told you he was. He's shutting down peaceful protest. He did not do it. There are a bunch of viral videos going around now of police enforcing what's, uh, you know, the, the, the laws in D.C. Of course, the left is outraged. They didn't get their PR moment they really wanted. Instead, they look like fools because for the most part, the police took a, you know, even handed approach in dealing with these lunatics trying to pull down statues. Trump did not give in and send out the military. Let's read a little bit of the story. Uh, give you some context on what's going on in D.C. And then I want to talk to you about a message someone sent me, which made a really, really good point about a likely probability for civil war and how it will happen. And I got to say, sounds plausible. That's what's really scary. So I'll just I'll just preface it with this. There have been a lot of people who have discussed the possibility of civil war. There have been a lot of people who have said that you're crazy. Some people have said to me that I've gone to the black pill or whatever, and that's that's ridiculous. You know, what I really don't like about the whole pill conversation is that it ignores reality, not entirely, but it's it's subjective viewpoints. And that's that's ridiculous. People keep saying Tim's the slowest red pill ever. Listen, when we were talking about Gamergate stuff, you realize that this social justice push was happening in very few industries. And over the years, it spread to gaming, to movies and so on and so forth. It eventually hit journalism. It probably started in journalism, to be honest. But then once once started to spread, it started to impact more and more people. My view is not, you know, so so you have these people who live in their bubble and read their sources and have confirmation bias. To them, the red pill was obvious and it's been in front of them the whole time. But they don't pay attention to, I don't know, carpentry or plumbing or other jobs or the NFL. So they say, you should think what I think because of what I see in the world. What I'm seeing and what I'm talking about is specifically a grander view, a step back to look at everything. So they say red pill. It's like, well, listen, there was a time, not even, you know, what, six, seven months ago where none of this was going on and we expected none of this. Okay. I thought I was going to be doing a show. The IRL podcast was going to be more fun pop culture movies and then it all changed. COVID happened. There's no, all of a sudden now you realize now you've taken the black pill. There's quite literally, statues of our founding fathers being torn down. Ulysses S. Grant, Francis Scott Key, a Norwegian anti-slavery activist torn down, insurrectionist writers, you want to call it, trying to tear down Andrew Jackson in front of the White House. Autonomous zone attempts being set up in, in multiple places, people being shot and killed, cops being ambushed. 
So you want to talk about what it means to have taken the pill? No, I'm sorry. I'm paying attention to the news as I've always done. They say Tim is the slowest red pill ever. No, it's because I'm not on your side. That's it. I've never been on anyone's tribe. I'm telling you what, aside from, I guess, America, right? Freedom, the constitution. So now I'm watching all of these things happen. Okay. That's that, that there's, there's, there's no, all of a sudden I'm now, um, of the perspective, the unique perspective, just to me that I've taken, you know, this, uh, I've opened my eyes to how dangerous and how, how, how bad everything is. No, let me tell you something. It was Bill Maher on, on his real time HBO mainstream show saying our rhetoric and jokes is, is, could lead to a civil war and me going, Whoa, Bill Maher, what's happening? Is Bill Maher blackpilled? Was, is, is my response to him saying we have a lot of high profile. I'm sorry, man. If that's what you think, then you're being naive. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. They are in front of the White House. They tried tear, tearing down the barricades last time. Trump is defending it. And the, they're, they're, they're being defended. They're being defended by the mainstream left. Okay. So let me, let me, let me show you something. I, I, I want to read you a little bit of this story, just a little bit, just to give you some perspective. Chaos ensues as protests continued overnight near DC's autonomous zone. DC's autonomous zone. Donald Trump said there would never be one. Oh, I'm sorry. Perhaps ABC7 didn't get the memo because Twitter censored Donald Trump's tweet saying he would not allow it to be set up. Welcome to the brave new world. You want to talk about black pills or whatever. Twitter is actively censoring the president when he says he will enforce the law. There is a legal way to do things. Not anymore. Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, said tearing down the statues was a, was an, a good thing, right? He praised it. I kid you not. We've got morality policing. And I've explained this over and over again. In, in, New, York's, in New York City, the DA said they're not going to prosecute Black Lives Matter activists. Fort Worth released people on rioting charges. But don't you dare, you know, uh, vandalize a Black Lives Matter mural. I, I heard this. I, don't, I gotta fact check it. But I heard a couple guys got arrested for doing so. You've got in Washington, D.C. and many other states, they paint a political message on public property. Black Lives Matter. OK, you want to you want you want to speak? I'm fine. But the government is now favoring one political faction. It is happening in front of you. And dare I say, you know, I watched uh, Ocasio-Cortez win the other day and I don't know what to take from it. But I think it may, there's a bunch of ways to look at uh, the results. I guess it says to me that the government has begun morality policing. The government is now favoring one political faction. And the people of New York's New York 14 could not, could not care less. Absolutely could not care less. 705,000 people. And the total votes count, I think, is around like 38,000 or 39,000 votes. AOC got 27,000. She wins. She gets to go represent the district to the federal government, uh, for the federal government. And it was just 27,000 votes, a, a, a microscopic fraction, a relatively small fraction. But where were any of these people to actually get up and go and vote? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe, because this is the primary, maybe the general election. But it says to me, you can look at it a couple ways. The progressives are fervent and on the rise, and no one will stand in their way, in which case Donald Trump will lose in November. Or the culture war is the dominant force. And as much as the media tried claiming everyone hated AOC, they were wrong. And the same is true for Donald Trump. Let me read this for you. And then I want to talk to you about why I have a very pessimistic view. And I want to talk to you about some, somebody, I mentioned this, somebody sent me an email saying 
that the Electoral College versus popular vote is going to be the catalyst for what sparks the Civil War. And it was a, it was a really, really good point. And it's kind of scary because I, I, it's, it's the most plausible explanation for what would start a civil war, in my opinion. But first, just a quick overview. They say protesters and police continued facing off on Tuesday night into the early hours of Wednesday morning in D.C.'s Black House Autonomous Zone near Black Lives Matter Plaza and the White House. I'm sorry, man. You know what? I think you lost. I do. I think uh, I think it's the fight's already over. Did you did you, did you see this? There's there is a Black House Autonomous Zone. It is Black Lives Matter Plaza. End of story. There was no vote. It was a snap decision. It took only a couple of days. And now the media is straight up saying, this is it. This is your world. This is what's happening. And there it is. Did anybody stand up to stop it? Nope. So I think it's already happened. And I, I, I don't see how with the cultural, cultural institutions now, this flipped in terms of the culture war. Maybe this is, the, uh, uh, this is how the civil war gets averted. Maybe it'll be more like a separatist movement or something where you get a tiny faction of people saying, no, the Constitution must stand. And then most people uh, hate it. They don't care. Did anybody get up in, in Ocasio-Cortez's district to vote against her? Very few. I think um, I'm not sure how many votes Michelle Crystal Cabrera got. I think it was like maybe 7000 or so. So there are some people who say we, we want normalcy back. So maybe Trump will win. I don't know. But at a national level, Trump already lost the popular vote in 2016. uh, Some of the uh, analysis that I've seen from uh, the New York Times, for instance, says that Trump will lose the the popular vote by a larger margin, but he still may win the Electoral College for obvious reasons. But you've already heard the left say that, you know, was it 18 percent or 11 percent of the of the country's population determines the Senate and the presidency? So they're already viewing this as unfair and broken and cheating. They won the popular vote. They claim Trump cheated. Not not about the popular vote, about Russia, Ukraine, now China. Think about everything they've lined up and think about where this where this leads. So uh, in, in, con- in the context of the protest, I want to show you this tweet. Will Oremus, who is this feller? He's a senior writer for one zero covering platforms, blah, blah, blah. Twitter tweeted, Twitter tweeted, I find it funny. We've placed a public interest notice on this tweet for violating our policy against abusive behavior, specifically the presence of a threat of harm against an identifiable group. Really? What did Trump say? There will never be an autonomous zone in Washington, D.C. as long as I'm your president. If they try, they will be met with serious force. Autonomous zones are illegal. It's, it's, it's not legal to uh, secede from the union in this capacity, I guess. You, I think you, you, you need a... a what is it, a two-thirds vote from every state to actually secede from the union? So if a bunch of people want to set up an autonomous zone and you're blocking roads and violating the law and the president says, I'm going to enforce this law, how is that a threat of force? If someone said, don't murder, otherwise we will defend ourselves, would Twitter take them down? Will Remus said, this is an especially twisted case because it's so starkly clear that the problem here is not the tweet. It's that the sociopath who's threatening the use of of violence on his own people is the effing president of the United States. The use of violent violence on his own people. Um, Police enforce the law. Uh, Murderers are your own people. Should Donald Trump allow murderers to run rampant? No. If you want to remove Andrew Jackson, you vote. And maybe you'd win. I mean, Ocasio-Cortez could win. But I bring this up for a specific reason. 
This is being spread by a lot of, uh, it's, not, it's not the most viral tweet, but this mentality is fairly persistent, to say the least. Fairly persistent. People believing that Donald Trump should not have the right to stop 50 people who want to destroy public property. 50 people in a country of 330 million. 50 people want to show up. And the police say, no, you can't do it. And they scream. And the media protects them. Look at, look, I don't know if you guys watched Tucker last night, but you look at the, the Bubba Smollett hoax, okay? The, the fake noose. I love it. It's hilarious. This guy claimed that a garage pull rope was a noose. And what happened? Everyone marched behind him. Reality is gone. They're changing the names of streets. The media is uncritically reporting it. They're tearing down statues and they're not supporting law enforcement. Now, let me give you what they would call the most pessimistic view. Earlier this year, a bunch of governors enacted unconstitutional edict. And what happened? The police, with a smile on their face, enforced it. Then, when the rioters came out, the police, with a shrug on their shoulder, said, well, we're not going to stop this or deal with this. You're being mean to us. I don't mean every cop in the country, but I mean enough of these blue, these blue city, blue state police officers were absolutely willing to allow the looting and destruction. They were absolutely willing to show up. There was one woman who was selling items on Facebook live at night and the cops shut her down. They will arrest you for going to a gym and the police have no problem doing it. Surprise, surprise, the Constitution is gone. So I don't know. Look, you might say I'm being pessimistic, but I'm sorry, man. When we see statues being torn down across the country, and what did we get? One politician speaking out against it. No, I'm sorry. There was a Democrat. I forgot his name. So I, I, I apologize for this because he doesn't deserve respect. A Democratic politician said we can't do this. Tom Cotton said we can't do this. Trump said he'll enforce against this. Where's everybody else? Where are the police? They don't care. Nobody does. And this is the big problem. So there's a, there was a rant from me from the Timcast IRL podcast that people are sharing around where I said no one's going to stand up for themselves. And that's true. It's absolutely true. It's just not going to happen. I, can't, I, don't, I don't know what you expect people to do. I mean, one guy in New Mexico showed up with a gun to stop the statue thing. They tried. They beat him. Apparently had knives. They may or may, may, may not have knives. And he shot a guy. Charges have been dropped so far. But I'm sorry, man. The leftist outrage mobs, the insurrectionists are expanding. They're taking ground. They're destroying things and nothing is stopping them. So wacky 2020, I'll tell you what. I have no reason to believe that people are going to choose Joe Biden over this, but we're beyond divided. Now let's talk about the prospect of a, of a civil war. And let's talk about what the most plausible or at least a plausible outcome that kind of scared me when someone brought it up first. As I've pointed out before, to all the people who are saying things like, you know, I, I, after my rant about standing up for yourself and quitting your job, I get the same criticism. I have a family, Tim. You don't understand how lucky you are. You can take that risk. Shut up. I'm tired of hearing. I just don't care anymore. Okay, fine. You got a family. I get it. I don't. I get it. I really do. Let me, let, let, let me ask you about what world you want to leave for your children, where they're bending the knee based on their race, where all of their history has been purged and destroyed. Nah, sorry. That's the that you, you'd rather have that feature. You're not providing a future for your kids by st- falling in line and bending the knee to these these dogmatic fanatics. You're ensuring the destruction of your children and their world. So please spare me when you're like, but what about my family? Yeah. What about your family now, dude? If you won't speak up, I'm not asking for much. I'm asking you just voice your opinion. 
Are you really that scared you'll get fired for voicing your opinion? Then it's worse than you realize. I'm not, that's, that's it. I'm saying, why don't you uh, go out with a sign and say no? Why don't you tell your boss, hey man, this makes me uncomfortable. I don't want you to do it. If, okay, fine. Then you don't deserve to have, you know, if you're going to give up your freedom or refuse to stand for it. When I look back to the founding fathers, give me liberty or give me death. Live free or die, they say in New Hampshire. Yeah, a lot of people sure don't believe that anymore. How many of the founding fathers had children and said, I am going to stand up and defend my, my new nation against the British Empire? They had, they had kids. You ever see the movie The Patriot? I know it's not real, but come on. People, people, if you're not willing to stand up and fight for, the, for your future, then, you don't, then, then your children don't deserve it. That, 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 that's, that's it. So listen, Brett Weinstein mentioned the possibility of some civil war. I don't want to overstate his, his predictions, but he said, you know, something to this effect. We had Peter Turchin, who predicted in 2010 that there was a potential for civil unrest and it was coming in 2020. And then he said again in an interview that civil war is, is, is possible. We have, there was, a, there was, a, and I, I cite these all the time, so forgive me if you haven't heard it, but people need to hear this. There was an article, I believe it was, it was either like the New York Magazine or, uh, or the Atlantic. I think it was New York Magazine where they interviewed a bunch of national security experts who said something to the effect of, we predict a very high probability of civil war in the United States in the next you know, six or 10 years. This was three or four years ago. I have been talking with people about what, you know, what I, I expected to happen. And guess what? I hate to say it. I'll preface this by saying I don't make extremely hard predictions, but I predicted the gist of what's happening. And it's, 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 it's easy to say, look, I'm not saying like I can read the future from my crystal ball. I said, man, if this violence keeps getting worse, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to see this, that, and this. And then th- those things happened. Brett Weinstein predicted this on the Joe Rogan podcast. They mentioned it. And he's like, yep. And here's what I think may, may, you know, may occur next, unless there's some kind of leadership. So I think, I, I think that, that we've, we've, we're closer than we've ever been. Is it so easy to say that it will happen? Not so much. So if, if, I've, if I've pressed too hard on it in the past, let me just say I lean towards the likelihood of a second civil war happening. I used to have conversations a few years ago uh, in this group chat with some conservatives who were adamant that the security apparatus of the United States would never allow a civil war. You're nuts. They've been fighting each other nonstop. Donald Trump, Ukraine gate. Now they're trying to say he's colluding with China. Bill Barr firing the, 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 the Southern District of New York, you know, uh, U.S. attorney. You think they're unified? They're not. Let me tell you something else. We now know for a fact that police in blue states and cities will will salivate at the opportunity to break the Constitution, to tear it to shreds, and they'll laugh while they do it. These are these are some of the worst. These are people who uh, I, I, I'm, they were supposed to swear an oath to the Constitution. Then as soon as the government said, do it, they went, OK, that was it. That's all they needed. All they needed was someone else to say, you do it. Yep. Just just following orders. Just doing my job. Right. You have a constitution you, you swore to uphold, but they don't. So what do I think will happen? I think if it came down to it, the police would laugh all the way. They, they, if, if you told these cops to go and light the constitution on fire, I'm being extremely hyperbolic, mind you. They would laugh as they did it. OK, obviously not literally. I'm saying they're walking around saying, I don't care about this. It's just, you know, look, the avalanche has happened and these cops are the snowflakes saying, but it's not my fault. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just one cop. Shut up. I don't don't care anymore. So I'm sorry I buried it for this long because there's so much to say, but someone messaged this to me. They said, what would happen if Donald Trump wins the electoral college and loses the popular vote? But then one of these blue states decides that their electoral votes should go to the popular vote winner. 
not the electoral, not, not the, uh, not based on the electoral college of their state. And they argue they have a right to do it. The Supreme Court, my understanding is, hasn't yet ruled on faithless electors, but this wouldn't even be a faithless elector. This would be the state straight up saying, even though this state voted for Donald Trump, Michigan, for example, Governor Whitmer, 16 electoral votes. They have said over and over again that, uh, I'm sorry, Moody's Analytics said Donald Trump will win unless they have maximum voter turnout. All of a sudden they do mail-in voting, making it a lot easier to vote for a lot of people to increase voter turnout. That's been my prediction. It hasn't necessarily come true, especially in CA25. But then, uh, so, so here's, here's, a, here's a possibility. One of these states just simply says, you know, Joe Biden won the popular vote by too large a margin, and it would be unfair to give our electoral votes to the winner of the electoral college. We're going to give it to the popular vote winner instead. And that is, interestingly, them saying we are honoring the electoral college. So, so, so put it this way. Donald Trump needs but a few, uh, he, he wins by but a few electoral votes. Then Governor Whitmer comes out and says, well, Michigan should be red, but our electoral college votes should go to the Democratic, uh, to, to Joe Biden because he won the popular vote, thus giving Joe Biden the swing. Donald Trump then says, you can't do that. The Republicans say, you can't do that. And the Democrats, Democrats say, yes, we can. The states choose who they vote for. And then Trump says, we won the Electoral College. The Democrats say, we won the Electoral College. Both sides declare victory. And then what happens? No idea. Counting heads. Who will be loyal to who? Well, the generals already came out and went after Trump. So it's very likely that Trump would just be removed, in my opinion. So this is like a weird, this is a very, very uh, far-fetched, in my opinion. But the general idea that one of these Democrat, one of these Democratic governors would give their swing state to the opposing side, maybe even Trump, uh, I think is possible. Absolutely. The most likely, in my opinion, would be them giving it to Joe Biden saying he won the popular vote and we're not playing this game. We can choose where our electoral votes go to. Then it'll go to the Supreme Court. Who knows how long that'll take? Far left violence, violence erupts in many cities. It, get, it gets nuts in Washington, D.C. Donald Trump then brings in the army. They then say, you know, you can't do this. Due to the threat of instability, you'll start to see high-ranking officials in the army turn on Trump and say, stability is more important, the union must prevail, and Trump must be removed. And welcome to Civil War 2.0, baby. Maybe not. Maybe that won't happen. Maybe after the election, Trump wins and everything goes back to normal. Maybe after the election, Joe Biden wins and everything goes back to normal. I just really doubt it. Because they're tearing down statues, they're banning movies, they're renaming streets in cities across the country. And we've heard it now from Cubans. We hear it now from Venezuelans. This is exactly what happened when they had their revolutions. They started banning movies and it's happening right now. It's not a joke. We're in the culture revolution. You know, it's funny. I've said this over and over again in the past several years. There is no point. There is no point where you know you are in it. We look back at history and we condense everything. It's hilarious how, 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 how people can't see this. The fact that people don't understand the difference between Christopher Columbus and Thomas Jefferson. You want to know what the difference is between these two men? I don't know, 250 years. Christopher Columbus set sail in 1492. Thomas Jefferson drafted the Declaration of Independence in, I believe it was like uh, very, it wasn't 1776. It may have been. But, uh, you know, I, the reason I bring that up is uh, people argue the dates like July 2nd, 1776 was the declaration. The war went on for a few years. But the point is, it was hundreds of years apart when the first European colonists started heading for the Americas. 
hundreds of years. But people condense their history. Colonialism to them is all just one flash in the pan. No, it was hundreds of years. And it wasn't just the Americas. It was Africa. It was all over the world. So we look back at history and we know exactly when the shot heard around the world was. That's what they call it, right? The revolution and other, other civil wars and other conflicts. We look back and we say, that's when it happened. That's when it started. We're in it right now. We can't see the forest. We're in it, okay? They're tearing down statues and people stand by and do nothing. They are banning movies and people say, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter to me, I guess. And that's it. I'm sorry to all the people who love the Constitution, but you can argue that uh, you're the silent majority and all that stuff. I don't believe it. I absolutely do not believe it. Because Ocasio-Cortez won. And any one of these people could have come up and vote. And a tiny fraction did. Uh, What is it? One percent. One percent of this district decided to vote against AOC. So no, the left is taking over because they're active. They're fervent. They're standing up and they've gained they've taken the cultural institutions. Now, moderates and conservatives are too scared to speak up out of fear of losing their jobs because they have kids. And that's an advantage the left has. They don't have kids that literally they don't have kids, so they don't care. They'll do whatever they want and no one will stop them. So what makes you think you're going to win? I don't know what's going to happen. A lot of this is speculative. It's very speculative. And for all I know that six months go by, goes by and everything goes back to normal and we're sitting here eating, you know, sipping on pina colada and like, wow, man, I can't believe how crazy I was. But let me tell you something. Three years ago, I said, wow, all of this looks like it's going to get worse. The violence will escalate. Here we are tearing down statues, riots in D.C. They're trying. They, 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 they vandalized St. John's church, church twice now. They're saying Trump shouldn't be allowed to enforce the law. And the media is defending them. They're changing the names of streets without vote. And the media just uncritically goes along with it. So it's, it's here, whether you want to admit it or not. Now, maybe because history is written by the victors, when the left finally does take over and changes everything and rewrites everything and Tucker Carlson is completely purged and NASCAR is purged and anything that conservatives ever liked is purged, you won't exist and your history won't exist either. And there you go. So maybe it'll just be if it will be a flash in the pan. Maybe it will be a whole lot of nothing. Maybe in three years, we'll all be wearing gray jumpsuits and we'll walk up to each other and uh, singing the praises of glorious new leader saying, wow, didn't something happen a few years ago? What was that thing we used to have? Civil rots? Rons? Rights? Uh-oh, wrong think. And you're gone. California Democrats have voted to repeal their civil rights provision from their constitution. And they did it in a very clever way by calling it uh, affirmative action amendment, but they didn't amend anything. They just literally struck through to remove the clause in their constitution that says the state shall not discriminate based on race, color, ethnicity. So welcome to the future, man. What else can you expect? Uh, whatever, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. You know, I, I really could believe it when I heard it. I was shocked, but I believed it. The fourth shooting in three days at the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. I mean, who, who should be surprised? They kick, out, they kick out all their cops, violence breaks out, and they do nothing. When the cops tried to come in to the Chaz after the first shooting, the protesters blocked them. What do you think is going to happen when you tell violent criminals that we won't let the police in? You know what they're going to say? They say, wow, here's my chance. I can get away with whatever I want. So now commun- community leaders in Seattle are calling for the CHOP. Chaz, to go home. Four shootings in three days. But of course, 
No one's going to learn their lesson. I'm sorry. No one's going to learn their lesson. I just don't believe it. Maybe because we have another story that I really, really want to get to. A Democrat state senator in Wisconsin was beaten by protesters who tore down an anti-slavery activist statue. Now, this one breaks my heart. This guy, this colonel in the Union Army was 33 when he died. He was an anti-slavery activist. He led the charge for the Union and he died of his injuries. This is a man who gave everything, 33 years old to end slavery and fight for the union. They tore down his statue and this Democrat got beaten and was shocked. (gasps) Why, why, Why would they beat me? Why would they tear down this person? Apparently haven't been paying attention. It has nothing to do with this. It has everything to do with them trying to seize power. They use guns against each other, of course. So maybe now the Chaz will finally be closed. Maybe it'll finally be ended. It's been two weeks and their little utopia summer of love block party has devolved into a, 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 a ghetto. I mean, Capitol Hill of Seattle had crime because it's, it's, it's a dense, densely populated urban area, of course. Four shootings in three days. Let's read a little bit of this, but I really want to talk about what's going on with this Democrat who got a cold wake up call. Perhaps it's a cold wake up call for everybody, and perhaps it won't be enough. Because I, I do want to talk about this later. For those listening on the podcast, you may have already heard it. But Ocasio-Cortez won, man. <laughs> They're not learning anything from this. Fox San Antonio says, Tuesday was night 15 of the Capitol Hill occupied protest. And some protesters weren't budging even after the mayor of Seattle asked for people to start clearing out. Jenny Durkin is asking community leaders to spread that message instead of using police intervention. What a pathetic, pathetic and failed politician. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mrs. Durkin. You had every opportunity to shut this down the first time someone got shot and killed. How many people need to be shot and killed before you say it's time to shut this down? Apparently, four is not enough. So people people slammed the mayor saying she failed. And she walked back her summer of love comment saying, oh, it was partly in jest and still did nothing. Oh, the community should come in and take care of everything. Yeah, okay, man. That's right. Community leaders, they'll take care of it. Four shootings in three days. Congratulations. That's on you. You could have stopped it after the first person died. And the police said they weren't letting us in. And the medics couldn't get in. Well, congratulations. Early Tuesday morning, a fourth person was shot near the chop. The new violence comes after a 19-year-old was shot and killed Saturday. Another man was shot. Uh, uh, another man was shot Saturday is in the hospital in satisfactory condition. Sounds like he'll survive. He was critical before a 17 year old shot Sunday night is out of the hospital and a man shot Tuesday morning is in satisfactory condition. Community leaders and neighbors are telling protesters to go home before somebody else gets hurt. Kelly Forsyth says gunfire woke him up Tuesday as commotion unfolded feet away from his apartment, his apartment in Cal Anderson Park. I went to check the ground. There was a lot of things crushed. And there was basically three giant piles of really thick blood, said Forsyth. When there's blood on the streets, there needs to be some respect. That's the problem here. We got blood on our streets now, and it's happening every day. And it's not stopping. I don't see it stopping. Hey, man, glad I don't live there. I joked about how I would cause trouble and I'd have a good time with it if I was there. And I stand by that 100%. If these people came and surrounded my place, I would be armed and be like GTFO. Maybe if you actually had some somebody willing to stand up, and take control of this community, this wouldn't have happened. 
Let this be a sign for all of you who would sit back and say, please just leave me alone. They won't. They'll eventually come to your neighborhood. They will be armed and they'll say it's going to be a summer of love. Just get on your knees and let us do what we want. And as these people said, oh, well, you know, well, I'm going to I'm going to speak to the mayor about this. What happened? Four people get shot in three days. Congratulations. That's what happens when you do nothing. But you deserve it. Look, let's be let's be real. You know, I don't like the idea that people are getting hurt and attacked, but people reap what they sow. If you refuse to stand up for law and order, if you refuse to defend your city, your country, your state, whatever, then you deserve what happens. I wouldn't go so far as some when they say silence is consent. That to me seems very stupid. Silence is consent. You're not agreeing to it just because you're a coward. But being a coward means you are you're abstaining and refusing to take responsibility. In fact, there are many people who go online and complain about this, and that's the extent to which they do something. And you can point that finger at me as well. But hey, man, I stood up for myself when I worked for, for a big company and I walked away. So to all the people who would just zip their mouth shut and say, oh, but, but they'll leave me alone if I just shut up. No, they won't. When, it, when have they ever done that? That's never, never. You're buying a lottery ticket. And you're hoping that this lottery ticket is a pass to, for them to walk past your house when they go on, the, on their rampage. That's what you're saying. Maybe I'll win the lottery and I'll be that one person who gets to be left alone as they surround my apartments and then go around shooting people, f- four people in three nights. Will you take responsibility? Will you get the locals in your neighborhood to stand up and say no to this? If the people who lived in this area, I believe they said it was like 500, all came out and blocked the roads and say, get out of our neighborhood. Could it have happened? Perhaps. Now, perhaps most of the people who live there weren't in alignment. Maybe many of them liked what was going on. Yeah, it's unfortunate. A lot of stupid people. And now this is what you get. Congratulations to the property owners. Your buildings are now worthless because crime has skyrocketed. But maybe that's the point. Now someone can come and snatch up that cheap property as you panic and try and flee. And then in a year or two, if things calm down, that property value is going to skyrocket. That's how they turn a profit, right? Well, apparently the wake up call here won't be enough. They're now just calling on the protesters. Please go home. Just please. I think four people getting shot is enough. Not enough, apparently, to actually defend your neighborhood, to call for the police, to demand action. The mayor calling on community leaders to spread a message that we don't need police intervention. (laughs) Okay, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's what you get over in Wisconsin. Crowds tear down statues outside Wisconsin Capitol, including one of an anti-slavery activist and attack a state senator, a state senator, a Democrat who was shocked. (laughs) He couldn't believe they attacked him. They don't get it, man. They really, really don't. When these revolutionaries take over, they're going to purge the Democrats first. You know why? They need full compliance. They need the party to bend for them. The Republicans can be the political opposition. They'll, they'll wipe out and they'll erase the culture. That's what's happening. They're tearing down statues. But the Democrats are the ones standing in their way. Do you understand this? They're not right now ra- running races against Republicans. Let me make this very clear for you, Democrats. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez won yesterday. She defeated Michelle Caruso Cabrera, the establishment-backed Democratic candidate, who got crushed. Then you had Elliot Engel, who also lost. And the progressives are cheering as they go to war with Democrats, not Republicans. They are seizing Democratic areas. They are taking the easy ground first. So that's who they must purge. And that's who must bend the knee. 
It's you, Democrats. The progressives want you in compliance. And there are holdouts in the Democratic Party fighting back. They must crush you. So why did they attack a a Democratic state senator? Exactly that reason. They say crowds outside the Wisconsin state capitol tore down two statues, attacked a state senator, threw a Molotov cocktail into a government building, and unsuccessfully tried to break into the capitol building amid protests following the arrest of a black man who shouted at a restaurant at restaurant customers through a megaphone while carrying a baseball bat. I actually watched the video. I think the dude's kind of funny. And I, I don't know how you deal with it. The guy was just megaphoning in the restaurant. It seemed really dumb, but he was wielding a baseball bat and he was reminding everybody, I got a baseball bat. We know what that means. He is threatening them. They call the police. The police come in. Riots. Congratulations, Democrats. Good job. As you call to disband the police. Police officers inside the Capitol used pepper spray against protesters who were trying to gain entry into the historic center of state government, successfully repelling them, Madison police said. Governor Tony Evers on Wednesday said that he was prepared to activate the National Guard to protect state properties in the wake of the violence. What happened in Madison last night presented a stark contrast from the peaceful protests we have seen across our state in recent weeks, including significant damage to state property. Oh, shut up. These people, you are so pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. The peaceful protesters who are voicing their shut up. man. <laughs> they have been rampaging around major cities across this country, burning things to the ground and tearing down statues. And you would dare say now is when things are finally getting bad. Yeah. OK, dude. You know what, man? Y'all have had every opportunity to defend the Constitution and the rule of law. This is the funniest thing to me. How insane is it? that it is now a conservative position to simply say peaceful protest, the Constitution, these basic fundamental things, these these fundamental aspects of our country are the conservative opinion. That's amazing. There's no more free speech on the left. It's bend the knee or else. It's it's, it's amazing. We, We used to have sayings like, you know, live free or die or give me liberty or give me death, you know, things like that. And now the left is dominated by bend the knee or else. And so many normies are just sitting there saying, well, you know, as long as I keep my mouth shut as they show up to your state capitol, burn things down. You know, they don't get it. They don't don't get it, do they? They'll never stop coming. There's no point, never, ever, that they'll eventually let you live peacefully. No, that's what we have now. You see, you don't get it, right? We do. We did for a long time have that peace that you had your rights, live and let live. Now the violent mob is going around destroying statues of anti-slavery activists and Union soldiers. You, th- you thought they would stop with the Confederates. Do you think they'll stop with statues of Union soldiers? How long until they start going after historic buildings? Well, this building was built in the 1700s during the era of slavery. It must be torn down and built anew from the ashes. That's what's going to happen. And that includes Democrats, too. The violence in Madison on Tuesday started after Madison police arrested a protester who came into a restaurant across the street from the Capitol building with uh, talking through a megaphone with a bat on his shoulder. Another video released by police, as many as five officers can be seen taking the man to the sidewalk and carrying him to a police squad car. Police said a group of 200 to 300 people gathered and entered a private condominium building where they surrounded a towing vehicle, forcing the driver to abandon it. The crowd broke windows in multiple buildings, threw a Molotov cocktail into the uh, city county building and brought down the statues on the grounds of the Capitol. And there it is, my friends. It has begun a private condominium. They will come to your home. I know, I know. 
the cowards will drop to their knees and say, maybe my condo, they burn down low income housing. You think they're not going to burn down your building? Perhaps it's time you allow the police to do their jobs. I'm not talking about turning a blind eye to police brutality. Absolutely not. The police must be reformed and held accountable when they do things wrong. But the police also must be supported to stop this. But perhaps, dare I say, maybe there is no comfortable solution. Because the more police actually try and stop the protesters like they did, the more violent, psychotic mobs will emerge and then go on a rampage. Perhaps then the National Guard must be activated. And that is a horrifying prospect. We've come to this point. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think there is a real solution. They say this is the pessimistic view, perhaps, but you're not going to change these people's mind. They're indoctrinated and brainwashed. They're zealous fanatics. They tore down the statue of an anti-slavery activist. That is fanaticism. They have no rhyme or reason to what they're doing. And you, these Democrats, stood back saying, well, these st- look, they're speaking something powerful. What did Cuomo say? You know, they're making a good point about maybe getting rid of these old bad people, blah, 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 blah. They're tearing down union soldiers, dude. There's no rhyme or reason. It is mindless fanatics. It is a zombie horde. Okay. These people need to be told you cannot break the law. Now, Trump has said that he wants, you know, the Veterans Memorial Act, I believe, to, 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 to go against these people so that they can actually be uh, prosecuted, facing up to 10, 10 years in prison, I believe. One of the statues toppled decapitated and dragged into a lake a half mile away was Civil War Colonel Hans Christian Hegg. He was an anti-slavery activist and leader of an anti-slave catcher militia in Wisconsin who fought for the Union and died from injuries suffered during the Battle of Chickamauga. This is somebody I really, really like. A man who stood for his convictions to end slavery, upholding legitimate civil rights and equality for all peoples, and he died for it. Talk about conviction. Now, that is someone that we should have a statue of. He represents everything right. At a time when, when people around the world were saying it was stupid, it was wrong, that, that we would fight a civil war over this. There's still uh, slavery today. When half the country was adamant that they were right, that they could uphold slavery, this man was not one of these, these holdouts who begrudgingly said the union must stand. He is not like Thomas Jefferson in that, well, slavery was wrong, but it's defensible because it's the time that, you know, it's the way that things were. No, I don't think at any point slavery was ever defensible, nor is it today in any of these countries. I can respect the positive things that we, we respect Thomas Jefferson and Washington in spite of the bad things they do. Like, uh, is that the right way to phrase it? Maybe, maybe it's not. The point I'm trying to make is I detest and, and, and I find it horrifying and awful. The founding fathers ever supported slavery. But we still recognize they did good enough things that made the world better over a long period of time. So we absolutely must condemn the bad things they did, slavery included. But we can be proud that the country they created brought about equality. Now, this man, he was everything right. He was an anti-slavery activist, um, anti-slavery, a slave catcher militia. Wow. This dude was hardcore. This guy was like, nah, it's wrong. I'm shutting that down. This is the guy they should be cheering for. Now they're decapitating him and dragging him into a lake. So what, 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 what next? Everything, everything next. The man who was in that store, who was megaphoning, was talking about Jesus needing to be, you know, like essentially taken down, saying Jesus was originally Horus stolen from the Egyptians by, by white people, white supremacy and all that stuff. That's what he was saying. 
And that's what comes next, man. They come into your private home and they burn it down. There is no peace. So long as the pendulum swings, there will not be peace. We need to grab it and stop it. But you have these people saying things like, it's our turn now. That's what they were saying during Occupy Wall Street. So yeah, they'll come into your private condominium and they'll surround your vehicles and they'll throw Molotov cocktails. If you think you will be safe, you're insane. And, you, and it's, it's, it's pathetic naivety. I love it. How many comments? So that, that rant I did, you may have seen it from the Timcast IRL podcast. It's apparently getting picked up now. It's going viral uh, in, in a certain capacity, I guess. I'm seeing people clip it and post it everywhere. And boy, do I love that reaction when they say, he, it's a lot easier for him to say, I have a family, blah, blah. Yeah, I get it. I'll bring it up. I, I know I brought it up in the last video, but I'll bring it up again, man. I don't care, dude. They're going to show up and they're going to go into your private you know, condo building and they're going to burn it down. Good luck having a place for your kids to live then. But was it worth it bending your knees as they smacked you around and beat the crap out of you? So let's see. I want to get to the point where they, they talk about. Uh, here we go. They say late Tuesday, Democratic State Senator Tim Carpenter was assaulted after taking a cell phone video of protesters. Carpenter posted a video he was recording before being assaulted. Punched, kicked in the head, neck, ribs, Carpenter tweeted. Maybe concussion, socked in the left eyes, a little blurry. Sore neck and ribs. Eight to ten people attacked me. Innocent people are going to get killed. Capital locked, stuck in office. Stop violence now, please. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. I really do. But it's funny because like, where was, where are the Democrats to condemn any of this? Oh, now they're coming around because they're beating you up. I know people have said similar things to me. They tried framing my rant as, aha, Tim gets, uh, you know, a flag on his video. And now he's, he's coming out and speaking out about this. You know what, man? Have you watched any of my videos where I've talked about this over and over and over again? Tim's off the fence now. What? I've complained about the censorship nonstop for years. Are you kidding me? Look, I didn't present a, 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 a beautiful picture of the future. I said if Trump wins, the left goes nuts and everything falls apart. And if the left wins, the left goes nuts and everything falls apart. I don't know what the solution is because you have, even these Democrats are being like, oh, I, I can't believe that they've locked me in my office and beat me up. Okay, dude. Well, if you paid attention a long time ago, maybe it wouldn't have happened. But this is the point. Even the Democrats who have praised them, if they saw Cuomo on the street, Andrew Cuomo, man, they would, they would, they would go nuts on this guy. And that's, that's, that's truly terrifying. They have every chance to speak up and shut it down. They have every chance to join the Republicans and just say, look, while we can have a conversation about these statues, this has got to stop. Nope. Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo was like, well, you know, I think they're saying something. We should. Yeah, okay, dude. They want to tear down a statue of Lincoln that was paid for by freed slaves. Are you insane? They're tearing down the dude who, uh, a dude who died fighting to end slavery at 33 years old. They don't care about the Civil War. They don't care about racism. They just want to beat you up and burn it to the ground. So let me just tell you something, man. As this all starts to get worse, it's only a matter of time. As you sit in your house, sipping on that sweet can of pop, you just cracked up and like, well, you know, it's nowhere near me. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Then they show up to your private condo in Madison, which I believe is a Republican uh, city. I could be wrong. And they, 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 they rampage around. Now, they didn't burn the condo to the ground, but how long until that happens? In New York, there's a video going viral of a dude who took some kind of professional grade firework and threw it through the window of someone's house. How long they burned down uh, low income housing that was being built. How long until someone burns your house down? You're going to be sitting in your house and then you're going to hear the helicopter noise. Then you're going to hear the sirens and you go, whoa, what's going on? I'm, but but I, I, I'm, I'm not me. I, I agree with the protesters. 
You see the video of those two college guys? They're in their dorm and they see the protest and they're like, yeah, and their thumbs up and then the rocks fly through their windows and they go, but, but we're on your side. <laughs> It'll be too late. So I have no confidence in these people who are sitting around cheering as it all burns down around them, linking arms and protecting the looters and rioters. And then eventually they turn on you and they beat the crap out of you. Okay, man. Look, most, I, I'm assuming the people who are watching this, you know, you get it, right? The people who aren't watching it are the people who aren't going to figure it out. It'll be too late for them. I got some really, really dire, dangerous and, and freakish predictions for the future that I usually don't talk about, but I'm really, uh, you know, I'll just say it. To, to, to put it lightly, as racial identity groups form, and we hear now that I guess there's like a, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure the full details, the founder of BET wants an all black political party, things like this. Do you realize what happens next when you start having identity groups form? Do you think there will never be a white identity group? They, they've, they've already tried. And of course they will. These people don't understand what they're cheering for and what happens and what side they will find themselves on when it comes down to racial issues. These people are absolutely insane. The best thing we can hope for is the rule of law, civil rights, equality. Maybe it's too late. I got to say, man, when you watch a Democrat get get you know, pummeled and beaten and they tear down statues of, of Union soldiers, maybe it's too late. Or maybe. This is the hard wake-up call Democrats may need. I don't think it's enough because they're not paying attention to the news and the media just feeds them garbage. So what happens in the end? They're going to sit around, thumbs up their bum, just being like, well, not me, I'm on your side. And they're going to show up with a Molotov and they're going to throw it through your window. And you're going to be like, but I was on your side the whole time. Obama called it a circular firing squad. Call it whatever you want, but it's coming for you. It, I'll say this, uh, something I brought up in several videos, but you really got to watch the movie, The Patriot with Mel Gibson. And I will, and I will end with this point. In the beginning of the movie, they are in, I believe it's South Carolina, I could be wrong, but they're having a, a convention to determine whether or not they will join the Revolutionary War. And the main character played by Mel Gibson says he will not vote in, in support of sending military aid to the revolution. And then when they decide, he said, you know, he said something like, mark my words, this battle will not be fought on the frontier in some far off battlefield. It'll be fought in your homes. Your children will see it with their own eyes. That's what you can expect. This isn't something that goes away. When people are running around destroying everything and burning things to the ground, it's only a matter of time until they're doing it in front of your home. Now, I know conservatives in the countryside are saying, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see it happen. Maybe. They'll go to the suburbs. They've already gone to su several suburbs. But eventually you'll be like, as long as I mind my own business, I'll be fine. And then they'll be at your house with pitchforks saying, we don't know or care. Put a sign in your window, get on your knees and beg. And when you're like, hey, man, I don't have anything to do with this. We'll see how it plays out. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net. Check it out. And I will see you all then. Oregon County issues face mask order that exempts non-white people. Why? Well, because they're concerned that non-white people may face a stigma or bias if they're seen wearing a mask. This is the future you can expect to see as we move forward with this kind of thinking. The left is now adamant that we must have the ability to discriminate based on race, something we long since did away with because we should all be treated equally and we should be together. You see, back in the day, everybody was separate, but equal, they argued. And we decided to get rid of that. There were actually riots over it. And it was the progressive left that was rioting for it. 
I guess. I mean, maybe it was the Republicans because the Republicans are the ones that oppose slavery, but whatever. Bernie Sanders claims to be a progressive. And so we can see now who is trying to do away with these protections. It's certainly the left. It's not just about what's going on in Oregon, but it's about what's happening with Prop 209, something I've brought up quite a bit. And I want to bring this up because I think what we're seeing in Oregon is a good example of what you can expect moving forward as it gets worse. For those that aren't familiar, California voted to repeal their civil rights legislation from 1996. It's a complicated story, and I will break it down for you. But first, let's read the news. The New York Post says, Lincoln County, Oregon has exempted non-white people from a new order requiring that face coverings be worn in public to prevent racial profiling. Health officials announced last week residents must wear face coverings in public settings where they may come within six feet of another individual who is not from the same household. But people of color do not have to follow the new rule if they have heightened concerns about racial profiling and harassment over wearing the masks, officials said. No person shall intimidate or harass people who do not comply, health officials said. With mask requirements becoming more common, activists have raised concerns that the directives could put non-white people in danger. For many black people, deciding whether or not to wear a bandana in public to protect themselves and others from contracting coronavirus is a lose-lose situation that can result in life-threatening consequences either way. Renika Moore, director of the ACLU's racial justice program, told CNN. Trevor Logan, who is black and said orders to wear face coverings are basically telling people to look dangerous given racial stereotypes that are out there. This is the larger context of black men fitting the description of a suspect who has a hood on, who has a face covering on. Logan, an economics professor at Ohio State University, told the outlet, it looks like almost every criminal sketch of any garden variety black suspect. Okay. I'm sorry, man. We're talking about public safety and health. We're talking about people getting sick and dying. And now for some reason, progressive white people want to enact a policy that will result in more black and brown people getting sick and dying. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't want to tell you, man. You've got overt anti-Semitism coming from the woke left. You've got the repealing of civil rights legislation. And now they're telling black and brown people not to wear masks. Uh, okay. I can only, I can only assume that these people are willful or are, 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 uh, useful idiots for literal white supremacists, because you got to think about what the results of all of this is going to be. When the Black Lives Matter protesters went out, everyone said, you're going to get people sick. And they had been telling us that COVID was more likely to affect black and brown people. Why then would they go out in massive numbers while the overwhelmingly white conservatives were told to stay home? What is happening? I really do think, you know, when, when they made the move to repeal the California civil rights law, it really did feel like the, the actual, the actual organizers or whatever's going on are are white supremacists. They like to use that against other people saying you're the white supremacist, not us. But think about the rules they're enacting. Steve King, who was the Republican congressman who was accused of being a white nationalist, lost his primary. The Republicans didn't want it. When I talk to conservatives, they don't bring up my race. In fact, they say we don't want it to be a factor. I, I like that. But it's the left that is creating policies that negatively impact uh, impact black and brown people over and over again. So let me just tell you, man, the Democrats are historically the party of racism. Perhaps at some point they figured out that the real solution is, you know, it's a it's a, a honeypot. No, no, we're the good guys. Come to us. Let us enact these sweet, sweet policies that will help you. 
Let me help you, they say. And then they enact a bunch of policies that just hurt over and over and over again, but it works. The amazing thing to me about uh, the, the Democratic Party, for instance, they're not religious. They sometimes pretend to be, but they're not. And it's interesting that they argue you, in order to get the black vote, you got to go through the church. But the, the, the Republicans are notoriously the, the, the religious right. How does that happen? How did they trick people into voting against their own interests? I honestly don't know. They argue the same thing about poor whites who keep voting for rich people and industrialists. You can argue that about Donald Trump, I guess. So it's fine. Throw it both ways. But right now they're telling non-white people they don't got to wear masks. Dude, you're going to get sick. Wear a mask. I do think it's stupid when I see conservatives refuse to wear a mask. I do wear a mask. Look, man, I just wear a mask. Okay, it's not the end of the world. I'm seeing all these weird things about people saying like it increases the CO2 blood concentration. And I guess for sure, when I was walking around with a mask, it does get stuffy. So so I, I get it. I think there's a middle ground. When I'm walking around outside by myself, I have my mask pulled down. If I'm entering close quarters, I pull my mask up. We see a lot of people on the left wearing masks outdoors. Nothing makes sense. Everything's political. That's it. The data suggests wear a mask inside, not outside. I'm sure it, it, it helps when you're in close quarters. You can be by yourself and not wear a mask, but conservatives got criticized for walking by themselves and not wearing masks. Whatever. This is insane. I bring you now to repeal Prop 209. And the difficulties in trying to explain to people that the left is introducing overtly racist policies or trying to bring them back. And 209 is the perfect example. Take a look at the first story from Ed Source. California universities prepare, uh, prepare for affirmative action. OC Register talks about not repealing it. General. Ballotopedia. Affirmative action initiative. That's what it's called. UC Regents back repealing, you know, 209, restoring affirmative action. It's all about restoring affirmative action. Every single story from CNN, whatever. You read it and they say restoring affirmative action. You see the title? Repeal Prop 209 Affirmative Action Amendment. When I try talking to my friends about this, they say, but don't you like affirmative action, Tim? I say, I'm not talking about affirmative action. I'm talking about repealing civil rights provisions that will, that will be a detriment to black and brown people. And they say, but affirmative action helps. And, and I'm like, what are you talking about? The bill has no text related to affirmative action. Stop making that up. You are literally making it up. And they go, but it says affirmative action in the title. Did you read the bill? No, they didn't. The bill says the measure would repeal section 31 of article one of the California constitution. The following struck through text would be repealed. All it does. Does it say the measure would introduce this text? Affirmative action shall be allowed? No, it says repealed. The state shall not discriminate against or grant preferential treatment to any individual or group on the basis of race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin in the operation of public employment, education, or contracting. That's it. They're getting rid of it. And this is how they get away with it. Every single article says, but it's for affirmative action. This is the bill, if passed, would bring back affirmative action. It's just stupid people pushing stupid lies. I posted about on Instagram. And of course, here come the progressive saying what Tim's not really telling you is the truth, that it's to restore affirmative action. Dude, if you passed a bill that said um, it's the, the, the promoting self-defense bill and it said the following criminal act will, will no longer be criminal, ending someone's life for any reason, I'd be like, the bill really does is allows you to protect yourself in your home. People would be like, well, self-defense is good, but the bill doesn't do that. 
Okay, I can argue a million things. How about we do this? Let's rename this bill. The California Repeal Proposition 209 Restoring White Only Spaces Act, because you could frame it however you want. That's what the bill allows. So I asked my friend, they say, but it's going to bring back affirmative action. Yeah, you could. It could also bring back racist areas saying whites only, right? Yes. And they say, but what about the 1964 Civil Rights Act? Why? Indeed. Prop 209. What do they say? Modeled on the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the California Civil Rights Initiative was authored by two California academics, blah, blah, blah. That's what the bill was for. It was modeled after the 1964 Civil Rights Act. So if California gets rid of this, and we're seeing it, it's all along the West. These people have lost their minds. They're overtly racist. What's to stop any one of these more racist areas from saying, eh, all right, we're doing it. We're going to fire people and hire people based on race. You, nothing. Now, Donald Trump could intervene. And I asked my friend, do you think that if a bunch of, I don't know, white conservative areas got the ability to discriminate on the basis of race, that they would do it? Now, of course, they think so. I'm not so sure. But they said, of course. And I said, and do you think then Donald Trump would intervene to stop it? And they said, no, because that's their worldview. So why would you give white supremacists the legal right to hire and fire based on race? And the response, but it's for affirmative action. Yeah, I explained to them, okay, I told my friend, wouldn't it then make more sense just to add a little provision saying this will not be construed in any way to prohibit affirmative action in higher education? Would be easy, right? Yeah, it would be. Then why didn't they do that? Why did they just straight up repeal this? I'll tell you what's going to happen. People keep saying they, they, they want to discriminate against white people. I heard that too. They're saying this is them thinking they can discriminate against white people. Sure, probably some of them, but white people are the majority, dude. So you're going to see a ton of white areas now having the legal right in this state to do this. Now I go back to the initial article about Oregon. It's not going to be the white people getting sick because the government's making sure they all wear their masks. Take a look at the abortion data. These people are insanely racist, man. Pay attention. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I'll see you all shortly. The free market has spoken before, and it will speak again, and it is speaking loudly, my friends. The adpocalypse on YouTube. Why did YouTube go to ban a ton of speech, ban a bunch of channels, and censor many, many political opinions? Because the advertisers said so. It's the easiest path to victory for the far left. It's one of the reasons why I've always been in favor of some regulation, why I've always been fairly liberal and think the government needs to intervene to protect the public. Because right now we are seeing the extremist left exploit companies and the companies are bending the knee. In a fear of a boycott and a backlash, companies like North Face and Patagonia are now boycotting Facebook ads. Now, these don't make up every single penny that Facebook earns, likely won't have a big impact. There is a PR backlash brewing as more and more companies say they will, they will boycott Facebook unless Facebook bans and censors more speech. This puts Facebook in a very difficult position. If they keep seeing more and more companies pile on, eventually they lose their money, they cave. If they start banning more and more speech, they lose users and then the ads become worth less. So you know what? Maybe in the end it results in the complete and total demise of Facebook. But I'll tell you what, free speech is not long for this world. In many ways, it's already dead. There are certain things I can't say to you right now, certain names I can't say. So I'd argue that it is dead. We don't have free speech. We just have, we have a narrow guideline. They know, you know, they've given us guidelines. Here's the narrow path where you're allowed to speak. That's not free speech. I'm sorry. 
If this was free speech, I could say some pretty crazy things. And you know, I can't. So now that these companies are, are making these moves, it's only a matter of time, my friends. I got a bunch of stories. Let's read this. A couple days ago, they announced outdoor brands, the North Face and Patagonia uh, and REI have pulled their advertising from Facebook platforms. The Stop Hate for Profit campaign is calling on brands to join the boycott during the month of July. The North Face said it was, ta- it was halting ads until stricter policies are put in place to stop racist, violent, or hateful content and misinformation from circulating on the platform. Facebook said it was committed to advancing equity and racial justice. Look, man, I'm sorry, dude, the conservatives lost. Okay, can we just, can we just get on with it? Can we just drop everything? Everyone get on your knees and thank your overlords for, for allowing you to say the words you can say. Facebook is already pushing the far left dogma, racial equity. That's not equality. That's not opportunity. That's straight up racial profiling and discrimination. The, the racists are winning and Facebook has caved and it doesn't matter if they do this or not. It's only going to get worse. So whatever, man, it's been happening. It'll keep happening. It's not going to stop. We had Project Veritas come out with a video proving they're overtly biased. Okay, there it is. It's over, man. Voting for Trump did nothing. What do you want to do? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, you know, I, I said this in my rant that's, that's people are spreading around about how people need to stick up for themselves and speak up. Maybe the reality is, is just, there's just not enough of you. There's not enough people who actually believe in freedom and the right to speech. Well, there you go. So what do you expect? Most people don't care if they get censored and the activists are controlling the corporation. So the time for, for taking action, I think was a long time ago. You're not going to get any these companies. They're going to fire you for what you believe. That's it. They control the networks. They control YouTube. They allow people like me because I'm actually a liberal 10 years ago. So they, this, this is the new conservative right now talking about systemic racism and institutional racism being real things. That's conservative apparently, but I'm not far left enough. Well, there you go. Patagonia is proud to join the Stop Hate for Profit campaign. We will pull all ads on Facebook and Instagram effective immediately through at least the end of July, pending meaningful action and the social, uh, from the social media giant. What do they want them to do? What, what is Facebook going to do? Joseph Evans, head of tech at Ender's Analysis, said Facebook was trying to both avoid further regulation from the U.S. government and maintain ad revenue. Facebook can weather a boycott by large companies better than any other media organization out there, as so much of its revenue comes from smaller advertisers who are unlikely to band together to make political demands. However, right now, Lots of those small advertisers are under pressure due to COVID-19. What I expect to see is Facebook trying to walk a tightrope, interpreting its existing guidelines slightly more strictly, erring more on the side of taking down hate speech, but without much in the way of explicit policy changes that could provoke punitive regulations or get Mark Zuckerberg dragged before another Senate committee. Republicans have no teeth and will do nothing. They haven't before, they won't now, and they're on the verge of losing everything. The polls say Trump is on the way out. Whether you believe it or not, you got to fight, okay? Trump might win. You might think so. I'm not so sure. And then what happens? When the Democrats get in, oh, they'll regulate Facebook. Facebook loses no matter what they do. Bend the knee, Facebook. And then what happens is Facebook gets regulated heavily. They then can wash there and say, oh, boop, boop, we can't do anything about it. The regulation, regulators have come in. So that's the real fight. Who gets to throw the first regulation stone? Republicans could have done it. They didn't do it. And now, well, this is what you get. 
Facebook and Twitter are overtly biased. So is YouTube. And they're going to purge conservative voices and opinions. And I'll tell you what, in two or three years, everyone's going to be singing the praises of diversity and equity. They're going to be bending over backwards, talking about how it's a good thing that there's racial discrimination in this country, like they're already doing in Oregon and California. And that's it. You won't hear any alternative opinions on any platform. Twitter will have banned everybody that you, you might say, oh, but Tim, there's certainly alternative platforms that have very small user bases, perhaps, but they will be smaller niche sites. I'm sorry, man. We are seeing the progressives defeat the Democratic establishment. This is the trend. Maybe things will change and maybe this is wrong. But I'll tell you what, if you are concerned that these things are happening and you are losing, well, then you, you need to stand up and actually go and do something. I don't know who you're going to vote for. This is funny because it's not a partisan opinion. Do I think there's any Republicans you could vote for? No, I really don't. Not a single Republican will do anything about this. You can crit, you can you be mad at me all you want. Say whatever you want. But come on, Lindsey Graham, what does that guy do? The Republicans have literally done and said nothing. Tom Cotton's come out and said a few things. That's cool. Rand Paul has said some, some things. I can respect that. Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Matt Gates, they've talked about this. But where are we at? Has anything really been done? Have the, have the Republicans done anything to defend your right to expression on the internet? No, and they're not going to. So I'm not telling, I, I can't tell you. I guess you can go vote. I guess you can demand they stand up. Sure. I don't think this, I'm, I'm, I, it's, you know what, man? This is the funny thing about me. People say like Tim Pool's on the fence and all that. You want to know why? Because it doesn't matter who you vote for. You get you, you get a boot in the face either way. That's why I didn't vote in 2016. You think I, I don't care about what has Trump done? Okay, the economy was great. I can respect that. But what has Trump done in terms of actually pa- passing things that have protected free speech? I know he's the president. It's executive branch. He can't really do that much. He did the executive order. Fine, I guess. The point I'm trying to make is not so much about what Trump can do. It's that people thought voting for Trump was going to solve this. No, it wasn't. It made everything worse because these people hate Trump and they started screeching at the top of their lungs, heads on fire because Trump got elected. That caused now Ben and Jerry's joins the Facebook ad boycott. Oh, whatever, Ben and Jerry's stupid ice cream. Look, man, I can't tell you what the solution is, but free speech is on the way out. Racial discrimination is on, is on, the, is on the rise. You've got high profile celebrities promoting anti-Semitism and Farrakhan. It's all happening. It is. Now we're seeing massive gun sales. That freaks me out. That's the last thing I or anyone should be asking for. We want law and order. We want the police to actually defend you know, our public property and enforce the law. But listen, the problem is the people who need to stand up for their rights won't do it. They don't care. They're going to sit in their houses and say, I don't care about none of that political stuff. I think it's funny when I have friends who are hitting me up now asking me questions about these weird policies that are, are, are screwing with them. And I'm like, shouldn't it have been like, I don't know, maybe you should have paid attention. Maybe you should have talked politics before these laws started getting enacted that restrict your rights. Reminds me of that video from the, the, the it's a gun store. And this guy is saying that a bunch of people keep coming in asking if they can get guns. And he's like, it's a wait period. So you got to, you, you know, you got to go get your ID. You got to get fingerprinted. You got to do all these things. And they're, they're flabbergasted. And then when they, when they finally get to buy them, he goes, okay, come back in a few days. I'll let you know. And they're like, but I want it now. Can I pay extra? He's like, no, you can't. Maybe the next time someone says they want to take your rights away, you stand up for yourself. So this is where we are. Facebook is on the verge of outright collapsing under the weight of a vocal minority. But it works. It's worked before. It'll work again. The adpocalypse causes these companies to bend over backwards. Trump winning doesn't do anything. These major corporations are identitarian leftists, Patagonia. This is probably, look, 
I talked about this in the previous segment. Who benefits? Well, it's certainly not minorities. You might think it is. It's not. It's not. Putting out a mask law that says non-whites don't have to wear masks. Well, that's going to increase the likelihood non-whites get sick, benefiting white people. Or or the repealing civil rights in California. We are a white majority country. If you want to bring back racial discrimination, then don't be surprised when you get overt racial discrimination from the majority of this country. These people have lost their minds. Or, you know, they never had them in the first place. But I have to wonder who's it, who, who, who's, <laughs> who benefits from an authoritarian system. Mark Zuckerberg. He's white. Jack Dorsey. He's white, too. Why, it seems to be all of these progressive, wealthy white people who are enacting policies that somehow just manage to keep benefiting them. Repealing the law in California and the face mask thing. That should be overt to everybody. Completely and completely obvious. But apparently it's not. They think that the people who benefit will be the marginalized voices. I really don't think so. I think there's a long and complicated future based on many predictions. But when you look at people like, you know, Chelsea Handler promoting Farrakhan, I think we know who's getting the benefit from all of this. And they, they try to act like it's all in favor of these, 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 you know, oppressed peoples, but it's really not. At least I don't think so. Now, will Facebook bend the knee? That's the big question. They already censor conservatives overtly, and Project Veritas exposed that. So does it even really matter if there's a boycott? You're just giving Facebook an excuse to do exactly what they wanted to do already. I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. As I often say, get woke, go broke, while fun is not an absolute. It is not law. It just is kind of a tendency. There are many stories where somebody tried to get woke and then they went broke. But perhaps this has more to do with them not understanding wokeness and just doing it wrong, as opposed to actually just making something that is woke and it's succeeding. I think Get Woke, Go Broke has more to do with people messing up their project than it does injecting certain narratives or ideas. But I do believe there is a tendency, and we've seen it many times, that when you embrace this weirdo far left stuff, you lose money. Case in point, Seattle. Why Seattle just got woke and went broke. Well, I mean, Seattle was always fairly woke, but they went over the top. Check it out. Due to Seattle's unrest, a billion dollar investment firm is moving to Phoenix. Wow. Sounds a lot like what happened in New York with Amazon and AOC and her stupid ideas chasing out this massive corporation. They ended up losing anywhere from 25 to 40,000 jobs. Now, what I love so much about that story is that they reelected AOC in the primary. Man, that, that, that's, that's amazing. Democrats really have no idea, do they? Even Cuomo was critical of it, but this dude's bending the knee to the woke left. So there you go. Look, getting woke and going broke, I think has more to do with the, with the execution of wokeness as it does, as opposed to the wokeness itself. So that's why I think you'll see many examples of getting woke working and many examples of getting woke not working. So uh, a good example, one of my favorites is the, the uh, Into the Spider-Verse movie where Miles Morales is the main character. You had a diverse cast, Japanese, Afro-Cuban, etc. And it was a perspective from a young, you know, inner city kid, son of a cop, and his uncle was a criminal. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was done really, really well. Uh, the older Spider-Man guy who helps him out, middle-aged white guy. Diversity was in this film. People of different colors working together. It wasn't jammed down your throat. It wasn't preachy. It was just good characters. It was their perspectives. And that's how you do woke in the right way. I love it. I absolutely do. 
The problem with all this social justice stuff is when it's done the wrong way, like CHOP. We don't need to abolish police. We just need police reform as a right way to go about solving these problems. They're not doing the, doing it the right way. But because the left doesn't know where the line is, they go insane and you get four shootings in three days and then you lose a billion dollar firm. So yes, when you get woke, you tend to go broke. Maybe that's the way to solve the, the, the problem. You know, absolute po- uh, power tends to corrupt and absolute power tends to corrupt. Absolutely. The tens is the important word. Get woke. You'll tend to go broke, right? Here's the story from my Northwest. Coronavirus pandemic or not, an investment advisory company is leaving the cultural unrest in Seattle and moving its headquarters to Phoenix's Camelback Corridor. They said specifically, the unrest that has taken place in the city of Seattle, there is there really there is really is not a downtown business community today. Smead Capital Management President and CEO Cole Smead told KTAR News 92.3. Smead said that although taxes in Seattle are lower, candidate recruitment is harder and the cost of living in the city is more expensive than Phoenix. We're hearing rumors of 40 story buildings that will be only 20% occupied by October. My biggest concern for Seattle was what the business community is going to come back to and what kind of businesses are going to come back for customers. He found that Metro Phoenix offers a better quality of life. My colleagues can pick the socioeconomic rung of life that they want, live their lives, build their households, and have a family if they'd like. Where we're coming from just wasn't like that. Smead added his, his employees will take precautions to protect themselves from COVID-19. As of May 31st, the firm managed approximately $1.58 billion. Congratulations, Mayor uh, Jenny Durkin. Not only have you now presided over four shootings in three days for your summer of love, but you've lost a $1.5 billion firm because you've decimated your own city. Okay, okay. Decimated's a bit strong. The city exists. I'm sure they'll get by. But like New York, these woke policies result in just destruction and damage. And New York City really needed those jobs. They really did, because that was a lot of tax revenue. Let me explain it to you, huh? First of all, setting up a headquarters there means they're going to be spending a lot in tax money. They're going to be spending a lot of money that will be paid in taxes. When they pay their employees, they have to pay an employment tax, which is like around 10% or so for each of the employees. So much money would have gone into the New York City economy they could have used to fix their infrastructure. But thanks to progressives like AOC, hey, you get woke, you go broke. Hey, New York, you had your chance to, to vote for a moderate centrist like Michelle Crusoe-Cabrera, but they didn't want her. So be it. You know, what's funny is the systems have become so large, I don't think they understand why things are broken. So they see AOC, AOC whisper sweet nothings in their ear, and they accept it as the true way to solve the problems. They wonder, why is it our trains aren't working? And AOC says, if you vote for me, I'll fix the train. And they're like, okay, vote for her. She'll fix the train. There's no money to fix the train. Hey, nobody's going to go and fix the train. It's so easy to win an election whispering sweet nothings into people's ears, and that's why it keeps happening. And now you have Seattle. You have this mayor who's like, we don't want the police involved in this. Dude, it's 200 people. Okay, it's 200 people down there. All right, get the cops, tell them it's time to go, and just make sure you don't have the cops firing tear gas at people. Just have them walk through and arrest people. It's that simple. You see, New York doesn't use tear gas for the most part. They do, I think they do pepper spray for sure. So it's a colloquial thing. But they don't have the canisters of CS smoke, the irritants. They just march through, they wrap people up, they put them on a bus, and they arrest all of them. You can complain about it, but if people are breaking the law, it's better than tear gassing them, right? Well, the mayor could have done this, but she chose not to. Now several people have been shot and now you're losing business, but it's worse than that. 
I love this story right here from Seattle Times. From June 24th today, they say virus pummels commercial real estate could end long boom. It's the virus. It's the virus, you say. Okay, you know what? The virus pummels commercial real estate. I'm going to stop you right there. Okay, I will agree for the most part. That makes a lot of sense. But could it be, I don't know, something else happening in your city that is contributing to this? The long fall? Look, to be fair, yes. The coronavirus has shut down a lot of businesses, but the, but the governor still has the opportunity to re- reopen things and they don't want to do it. And now we're seeing that all of the narratives about coronavirus has reemerged. Look, they're doing the quarantine again. New York cops will stop cars with out-of-state plates and impose fines of up to $10,000 on anyone who doesn't stick to a 14-day quarantine arriving in tri-state area from coronavirus hotspots. Well, there you go. It's back, baby. COVID's back. Look, whatever. At this point, you had all of these people protest. And at first they started saying it was resulting in an uptick. And now they're making excuses to say that it wasn't. I'm just so sick of the hypocrisy. I don't care. I just really, really don't care. But let me tell you something. While the virus is playing a role, we now know that so is the unrest. How could anyone expect to run a business when you have people roaming the streets, smashing windows, regardless of who it was, who it is or, or what their business is? They don't care. So when I see commercial real estate plummeting in Seattle, I roll my eyes. I say, you know what, man? Many Republican areas have remained partially opened. And what's the news been? An uptick in cases? Hospitals are back to elective surgeries, man. I don't know what you guys are talking about. We know the death rate now is 0.25%. Very sim- it's, it's, it's a bad flu at this point. So what do you want me to say? Am I supposed to get outraged again? I think we pretty much weathered the storm and things are returning to normal. Where are the businesses? Well, you destroyed them. You completely destroyed them. What this management firm said is they don't know what the, you know, the industry will return, the business community will return to. And I think it's fair. The quality of life is going to be awful. The infrastructure costs are going to be static. But the people who have the tax money to pay for them will be gone. When this company leaves and the tax money they, they, they generate leave, the cost of all of the infrastructure of roads, of electricity, of you know, the electrical infrastructure, phone infrastructure, it remains the same. You know what this means? It means the cost goes up per person who lives in this city. So here's what I think you'll see. As things continue to get worse in New York and Seattle, and you don't have a strong, responsible personality to tell people, listen, to fix these problems, it may actually feel like it's getting bad. We may need to cut taxes in certain areas, raise taxes in certain areas. We may need more law and order and more people. We may need these jobs from Amazon. And these may be things that are a net negative in some ways. They will slowly heal and, and, and be a net benefit. You don't get that. Instead, what do you get? AOC drives out Amazon through protest. And yes, she led those protests. And then when everyone's complaining about how bad things are and there was a real solution, she will just say something nonsensical as they will in Seattle. People are going to now start protesting because things are getting worse in Seattle. Why is my water bill going up? Why do I have to pay more in taxes? Why are the parking meters going up? And they'll say, because we have to pay the costs for them. They'll try and keep the costs down. Then public sector employees will start getting angry, saying, I need a raise. You can't cut my pay. I need more money. Then the left will protest again, saying austerity measures are not acceptable. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Pay more in taxes or stop paying public sector employees and fixing infrastructure. And that's when the collapse happens. You need growth. You need people coming in and spending money to maintain the system. And you're driving them away. And when they're all driven away, Seattle will become like Detroit and there will be crime 
and they've already brought the crime to them. So this is this is the result of your policies. At a certain point, someone needs to tell you, I can't give you health care. I'd like to, but I can't do it because the resources have to come from somewhere. It's a pipe dream. Instead, you get the progressive saying we can pay for everything. OK, you know what, man, you can't. And it'll only make things worse. And now we can see it happening in Seattle. Congratulations on losing a billion dollar firm. I wouldn't be surprised if many smaller business and smaller startups says we're going to avoid Seattle. And there you go. You reap what you have sown and you deserve what you get. I'll leave it there. I'll see you all tomorrow on this channel at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out.